Welcome, everybody, to this special Halloween episode. <laughs> Sports, nuts, and beer guts. Episode 14. Wow. We're recording this the night before Halloween, but we decided to get dressed up for the occasion. I'm your host, Logan Bryant, also known as Lloyd from Dumb and Dumber. Got my blue leisure shoot on. I'm sitting here looking at Dwight. I think that's Chris Collette. Chris, is that you? Uh, absolutely. That that butt cut hair kind of got me uh, got me a little bit with the glasses, but uh, Chris is looking just like Dwight. <laughs> it's really good. It's, it's, it's really good. It's so good. Uh, then we also got Mr. Matt Hickman doing his best used cars man sell uh, costume there or game show host. Yeah, it's sort of a combination. Have you remember Rod Roddy? From uh, the Price is Right, do we remember the serious question? I, this I is for, couldn't tell you what he looked like, but I remember the name. He had jackets like this, so, <laughs> you know. Did he wear sunglasses indoors? Uh, possibly. I, that I don't know. It just <laughs> you know adds to the mystique here, which isn't much. So uh, that's awesome. Well, we appreciate all the engagements we've had on uh, on the Facebook page. Sports Nuts and Beer Guts. We're also uh, got the Twitter feed up and rolling. We'll each post our, our Halloween pictures tomorrow for everybody to see. You guys can vote on which one is the best slash worst. But as we do Chris every week. <laughs> <laughs> Amen to that. Well, as we do every uh, every week, guys, tell everybody what you're drinking tonight. And then I'm also curious, what was something you guys were scared of when you were little? I know we're all manly men in our 30s, but we all had a fear when we were little. What's something you were, what were you drinking tonight? And what were you scared of, uh, Hickman? Well, I'm uh, drinking a uh, Trader Joe's brand winter brew beer. Actually, Ooh. pretty decent. So, wife bought me beer. Thanks, Alicia. It's pretty good. Um, <clears throat> so, I was, uh, in case you guys didn't know, 1995 Jackson Elementary School Dare Student of the Year. Holla. Yeah. So I was really afraid that I was going to spend my life with people offering me drugs and just <laughs> just say having to having to say no at every turn. And I was really going to, you know, work on that resistance part of drug abuse resistance education. So I was I was really afraid that that's what my future was going to be. So um yeah, did did not happen. Turns out I was hung out with the, the good kids and then went to Johnson. <laughs> so that is un, a good point. Unrealized fear. I was all about some dare as a kid, and that is true. I don't know how many times I ever actually had to say no, but, man, I sure did practice it a lot. <laughs> Chris, what about you? Uh, I'm drinking Bud Light tonight because Game 7 of the World Series is going on, but I'm uh, powering through uh, for the podcast. Uh, hopefully it's a short one. But uh, it's kind of funny Hickman said dare on this one because – the thing I was going to say was marijuana. <laughs> Always got told how bad it was, how bad it was. It's like you're end up like drug. looking like a meth head or something if you smoke marijuana. And then I went to college, not the Johnson College Tech. And I smoked once or twice. And uh, I always had a good time when I smoked. So I haven't smoked in uh, at least four and a half years. That's how long I've been working at the current company. So I haven't smoked since then. But when I was in college, I did like to smoke a little. Well. I was Don't, your RA, so I let you down. <laughs> Don't worry about the length of this podcast, because regardless of how long it goes, I can guarantee the baseball game will still be going no. on. 
Uh, I'm drinking the uh, Corona Extra. I think it's my, more commonly known as Corona, but the label does say Corona Extra. Um, and for me as a kid, I definitely thought that quicksand was going to be a much bigger deal in my adult life than it actually has been. Mm-hmm. At this point, I'm now convinced that quicksand is made up. Uh, but I feel like every cartoon, every show we watched as a kid, Somebody was stuck in quicksand, dying in quicksand, something. Dude, um, do you think it was like parents that were like, do not go in the effing sandbox. Stay out of the sandbox. I don't need to take half the sandbox home with me. It's quicksand. You'll sink. You think that has something to do with it? I think so. But I yes, because I don't think quicksand is actually a real thing. If I had a Google machine, I could probably find out. But uh, yeah, I think don't. I don't. So um, scared death of quicksand never actually came to fruition. That's why we're here with you tonight on Halloween Eve. <laughs> All right, guys, let's start we, uh, this week like we do every week. Let's make sense of the week. Our Making Sense of the Week segment is sponsored by Edward Jones. Edward Jones Advisors can help work with you to help you understand the impact of short-term events and how to be positioned for the long term. Edward Jones provides the tools for a reasoned, disciplined approach to investing, Call 865-988-7560 to schedule a face-to-face appointment today. Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing, member SPIC. All right, guys. We're trying to make sense of the week, but we're also trying to make sense of Halloween. So let's start off. The scariest athlete you can imagine. Take it whichever way you want. Matt Hickman, who's the scariest athlete in the history of athletes? All right. All right, I've got two answers, but the first one is, was there ever anyone scarier than 1996-1997 Mike Tyson? No. That was first on my list, man. Wow. Absolutely. I didn't think of him. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, he's become like this beloved public figure and like really introspective, and you can't help but love the guy now. What? But in, what? <laughs> he's going to fade into Bolivia. That was my, one of my favorite quotes of all time. Anyway, um, he was... You know, absolutely jack looked terrifying was nuts i mean he bit evander holyfield's ear off um wasn't as scary after that but i think by his ear off you mean take a little nibble out of it okay yeah that was that was a little over exaggerated was a chunk of his ear that came off but anyway well he took more of an ear off than i ever have i'll tell you that much that's true yeah so that's that's my the honorable mention uh angry kevin garnett don't want to go anywhere near the guy, but uh, 96, 97, Mike Tyson. That's my, that's my guy. Yeah. I think it's a good call. You, most of these guys that we're thinking of, you didn't want to meet him in a dark alley. I don't think you wanted to meet Mike. Like you didn't want to make eye contact with Mike Tyson anymore. No. Uh, that dude was, was scary. I was back when I actually watched some, some boxing matches as a kid, Chris, scariest athlete of all time. Is this the Undertaker? You're damn right it is. <laughs> the Undertaker. What? Absolutely. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Undertaker takes the cake on this one. <laughs> Just because he's coming back from the dead or? Oh, man. You, you had like the whole character. You have him. You had the pallbearer. Like you had the music. The lights go out. And then he all of a sudden just appears right there in the ring ready to kick ass. Undertaker. <laughs> Scariest athlete. All right. Well, that's that's falling in with the Halloween theme. I like it. Um, first on my list was Mike Tyson. Mm-hmm. Second person I thought of was Ray Lewis. 
You did kill a guy. <laughs> because yeah. I do think he uh, he may have manhandled a few people outside of the uh, the football field. But two, I, I mean, even when he played football, I feel like that dude got a sense of crazy in his eye that yeah. you just, there yes. was just, it was over. Uh, you could see it from the TV. Uh, I don't know what happened with that guy, but I think he's one that when he turned it on, there you didn't want to be anywhere close to him. So, yeah, he was. Me, it's, <clears throat> yeah, when somebody me. just goes unhinged, it's nuts. Yeah. Yeah, not good. So I'm staying away from Ray Lewis there. Well, also this week, Mr. Tiger Woods won his 82nd title or 82nd tournament, had to go to Japan. Chris, how long have all these PGA guys been going to Japan at the end of October? Um, they go there as long as those guys write them checks. Because <laughs> I was some surprised. Under the, under the table appearance fees there. Okay, because I was surprised at the field. I mean, one, I didn't realize they were playing in Japan, but then two, I mean, it was an impressive field out there. But not impressive enough to beat Tiger Woods. He's tied for the most tournament wins in career history. Chris, makes sense of Tiger Woods for us. Is he back? Oh, he's absolutely back. So on an earlier podcast, I basically stuck a fork in him, said he's done, donezo. It was fun knowing him. Like, he should just go off in the sunset because he just he didn't look right at the end of last year. And then it came out that he had knee surgery, a little minor, just uh, clean up something in his knee that he had planned to have um, earlier in the spring. But he won the Masters, and he was like, okay, I'm going to push it out to the end of the season. So you could kind of tell that he was uh, – he was struggling last year. That's why he only played. He didn't play events between ma- majors. Uh, his schedule was very minimal, and he still looked like shit. He got his knee cleaned up, and he was man. He was vintage Tiger. He was uh, everything was in the fairway. If it wasn't the fairway, it was no problem. And his irons, he's, he's the best iron player of all time. He was just pin high every time t- within twenty feet. Just a machine. It was uh, it was wonderful watching. Also, I love the Japan golf because it comes on at like. I think he started his last round at six thirty at night. Right. So then, like Saturday night, he played for like started at six thirty. It was on to about three a.m. because they were played. They played twenty twenty eight holes or so. Uh, it was just, it was awesome. I'm happy for Tiger. Hickman, how many more events does Tiger win next year? Uh, he wins one next year. One. Yeah. Yep. Uh, sounds like he's back, Chris. Sounds like he is That's, back. And yeah, noted. Golf Most players would take that. Decrease one win next year. I, I think all uh, all 44-year-old golfers would take that. Well, he definitely needs one more uh, so he can retire on top as the greatest golfer of all time, as he is. Um, on the Facebook page, we had somebody ask us, Miss Blake Kicks wanted us to make sense of, of the role of replay. Uh, I think she was talking about the UT um, South Carolina game had four reviews in the span of 20 minutes, uh, 20 real, real time minutes. Uh, but we've also seen this be an issue in the NFL. They, they, you know, refs, we've talked about this before. Refs refuse to overturn pass interference calls, good or bad. There was a little controversy in baseball yesterday, uh, game six, of the world series. So Hickman, where do you stand on, on replay? Make sense of it. What, what do these leagues need to do or could do different? I say embrace technology and let replay live. Um, right now, we're figuring out the best way to do it. Um, so it's the toughest thing is something like pass interference. It's subjective, right? Um, it's not theory. really that subjective. Uh, holding subjective. 
right? I mean, I feel like I, you, when you watch it, you know if it is or not. Well, Pretty I, black I and white. Agree. It's kind of like, kinda like pornography. Like, yeah, they define it as you know. I, when I you don't see like it. my porn black and white, man. Is that it? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, I don't know. I like we talked about the NFL, like putting a grid on the field and spotting the ball that way. I'm all, I'm all for it. With I know with with UT South Carolina specifically, if it's fifty fifty, and they choose to score, you know, they choose to you know say it's a touchdown or whatever or a turnover, then it's going to be automatically reviewed. I I think that's probably just the smart way to go if you're I mean, the officials. In college football, every play is technically automatically reviewed. Okay, technically, right? That's the NFL. The, you actually have to have a coach's challenge, but in college, everything's eye in the sky. Mercy. I don't know. I so, so I'm for the implementation of more technology to allow for replay. However, we got to figure out a better way to do it. And tennis has it right, but I don't think anybody else does. Of course, tennis is an individual sport, so. Chris, what are you thinking? How, how do we make this replay thing work? Make sense of it for us. Um, Hickman's right. Tennis does have it right. And it's the only sport that has it right. And I'm to the point where at first I was all about replay. I want, I want the call to be right. But it's so hard to watch games whenever you're going to replay, especially if, like late in games. You watch an NBA game, the final two minutes, oh, they may take yeah, 30 horrible. minutes. Like they, they just... Any, any, like who to go off of? Even obvious stuff they go to the monitor for. Um, it just cuts the game. It kills any flow you have to a game. Um, I mean, I, I want the egregious stuff to be caught, but other than that, like I don't understand why you even have like why why are challenges with pass interference allowed? Because they're not overturning them. They're like, nope, not going to do it, no matter how how egregious it is. You saw the there was a I think a Thursday night game Patriots Giants. I think it was Golden Tate over the middle. He definitely got raped before the ball got there, and they were like, "Nope, not pass interference." So, I, I'm I'm to the point where I'm just over over replay. Just just the refs just need to do a better job. Well, let me tell you how we need to fix this right here, boys. I think every you know the NBA basically does this with a replay headquarters somewhere else, yeah. but you take it off the court. So at the end of a basketball game. Um, you know, last two minutes, they're trying to replay everything. The refs on the, on the court, they stay on the court. They line the players up to inbound the ball or whatever. And there is some other replay facility somewhere else. They have 30 seconds. If they can make a decision to overturn it in 30 seconds, they do it. If they can't, whatever the ruling on the field was stands. And then as soon as that is, is relayed back in, it's whistled to a headpiece, you inbound the ball and you take off. Like you don't let these, you know, a 30-second timeout in basketball takes three minutes because they let the coaches talk and blab. And So I'm all, I'm all about just speeding this process up. No matter what the sport is, you give them 30 seconds. If uh, today's technology, you can't figure it out in 30 seconds, then it was too hard to, you know, it was too close to call and let the call in the field stand. The, the baseball game last night, there was like a five-minute review for a play that wasn't even reviewable. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it was just, you're sitting there, you're like, what are you doing? It was just... It was stupid. So that's why I agreed that if you could have a 30 second time limit where, I mean, most things you look at, I mean, it's pretty cut and dry. I mean, you have good angles, the clarity. Like, I don't understand why they're on, on an iPad. They're looking to see when you could right. be in a central location with a either projection screen or 70 inch TV, just something crazy high def that you could see. Uh, I like the idea of something, a 30 second cutoff to keep the flow going. 
All right. Which, whichever sport decides to do that first, I will take a minor royalty on that. That's uh, hit me up on the cash app at Logan Bryant. Well, that's us making sense of, of, of the replay booth here. All right, let's move into, we're going to do an extended chug, sipper, pour segment this week for this special Halloween episode. <laughs> oh, you've been practicing that. Well, I'm about to get a job at Disney if I keep this up. I feel like oh, I'm really yeah. close. Yeah, it's happening. <laughs> All right, first up, Chris, are you chug, sipping, or pouring what we like to affectionately call the peaker juice? This is a uh, um, almost like a punch. It's you know we've called it many various things, unlimited Hugo, um, any sort of holiday or party alcoholic juice drink for groups. It may be in a cooler, it may be in a big punch bowl, um, but there's a big old alcoholic beverage there. Normally has heavy on the alcohol, heavy on the juice. Chris, you chug sipping or pouring this? Is, is that a serious question to me? Come on now. I'm chugging that all day. I don't know that I've ever turned down anything like that. If it has vodka in it. If it has some fruit juice in it, man, sign me up. Chug. Hickman. Yeah, man, I'll chug. Uh, it's, you know, great party beverage. Just got to make the right thing there. Uh, so I'm, I'm in chugging it. Yeah. I don't know how you're not chugging this, but if I'm at a party, I'm the responsible one, so I will sip the party beverage to make sure I'm not going crazy. Look at this um, guy. Look at this well, guy. I'm making this look know, bad. Just I, I didn't make it to 36 for being an idiot. So uh, let me I let me sip on some. Did. <laughs> <laughs> let me sip on some peaker juice. Oh, <laughs> don't tweet that one. Uh, yeah, that's uh, it's not leaving the pod. Good thing it's just us friends here talking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, next up, Hickman Chug Sipper Pour. This seems to be really controversial lately. Candy corn. Okay, candy corn by itself, pour. No, like, absolute pour. Put some peanuts with it, chug. So are you chugging the peanuts or the candy corn? Well, it's you put them together, and it tastes like a payday, and it's delicious. <laughs> Ooh. I'm serious. Yeah, we'll need to set this up, but... Candy corn by itself is just an affront to the taste buds. Oh, Chris, I hope you will not allow Hickman to besmirch the good name of candy corn like this. Absolutely not. I'm chugging some candy corn. When I was a kid, our church always had a Halloween thing. They had a bingo thing, and you always use candy corn for your bingo card. And uh, (laughs) I played bingo just to eat the candy corn. I didn't care about if I won a bingo. I was just there for that unlimited candy corn. Chugging candy corn, I... What's wrong like, with you guys? If if I'm at Walmart and I see a bag there, like as I'm about to check out, I just casually grab a bag, toss it in the cart, and about three days later, the bag's gone. Like, oh, <laughs> love some candy corn. Chug. Unbelievable. Chris couldn't cover all because he'd ate all his candy corn at the bingo tournament. So I do think there are some, uh, there's some various, I don't know why they taste different, but uh, various, um, what am I trying those to pumpkins, say? Is that what you're talking about? It's yes. So you have, those pumpkins are horrible, right? The pumpkins are they're horrible. Awful. But I, I guarantee they're made from the exact same thing candy corn is. And I love candy corn. As long as you don't get that autumn mix that has the little um, dark 
spot at the top oh, where it's supposed yeah. to be orange. Yeah. That chocolate stuff. No, can't do that. So I don't know what it is. I will sip candy corn, even though I love it, because why don't they make candy corn like they make Skittles and little like fun size bags? Why do you have to get a big old two gallon bag every time you go for something so delicious? They need to sell those things like M&Ms and Skittles and little single servings. Otherwise, I'm getting a whole handful and everybody's getting sick because my little four year old's licking his fingers and sticking his hand in there to grab some candy corn. <laughs> this this topic could be the most exasperated I've ever seen Hickman on the podcast. I, I'm Fourteen just, episodes in, I'm just so dumbfounded at y'all's poor taste here. It's it's unreal. Wow. The, I'm gonna put. I, I, I'm gonna make this happen. Like peanuts with candy corn is gonna change y'all's lives, and then you'll eat it by itself, and you'll realize what the disgusting slob I am. All right, Chris. Chug, sip, or pour your favorite scary movies. Oh, uh, I'm going to sip on this one. Whoa. Um, whoa. whoa. I'm, I, I, okay. Does Saw count as a scary movie or no? Sure. Okay. Then I'm sipping. I love Saw. I love the whole series of Saw. I don't know why, but I love it. Outside of Saw, I I don't care to ever watch a scary movie ever. But Saw is just something that just grabbed me in. I could go for a saw marathon, but we didn't exactly meet when we were kids, but I'm confident the first time we met, you had never seen anything more than like a Disney movie. Is that correct? Um, angels in the outfield is probably the best, <laughs> one of the best movies of all time. So it's, it's between angels in the outfield and ladder 49. It's kind of a toss up there. And now my boy's all grown up and digging some saw over here. Saw. Unbelievable. Oh. Uh, he's all grown up, Hickman. He is. He is. He's a real, real live big man now. All right, Chug Zipper, pour those scary movies. Man, I, I just, I pour out the scary movies. I'm just not super interested in them. Um, it, you know, maybe several years. Ago, I remember watching an American Werewolf in London with my brother-in-law on Halloween, like. 15 or 16 years ago with him talking about like how crazy scary it was. And I remember thinking like, uh, you, you sure? I, I don't know. I just find them pretty predictable and not a huge fan. I'm not, not, not my jam really. Have you ever seen scream? I've seen scream. I saw the grudge the ring. A day of the girl who really likes scary movies. I don't know. Maybe it's cause of that era. Just not a huge fan. I'm starting to wonder how much of the movie you actually watched back in the day, Hickman. <laughs> um, I am all about some suspenseful, scary movies. You know, the thrillers, you're trying to figure it out. It's moving real fast. Maybe some action, but it's, you know, somebody's been buried alive and they got to get to them and you're trying to figure it all out. Or but the cool I, episode of Walker, Texas Ranger like that. Walker. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Big fan Anything of those. Anything Chuck uh, Norris, terrifying. Those, <laughs> um, but I've got to pour out the gory, just to be gory, scary movies, a la Saw. Um, those things just aren't doing it for me. There's, there's no plot to those things. There's all, you always know there's going to be five or six sequels to those things. Um, so the gory movies, uh, not my thing. But some suspenseful scary movies. Now, that's right up my alley. So I'm going to pour the scary movies because it depends on what you define as scary movies. 
the, fun fact. The, uh-oh. Uh oh. I'm ter- I'm terrified. So nicely done. <laughs> fun fact: I sold a car once to the guy who played the original Michael Myers in Halloween. This guy, the guy's name was Dick Dick Warlock. He has a Wikipedia page and everything. Nicest guy in the world. No wonder he went by Mike Myers. What? So no wonder he went by Mike Myers with the name well, like I mean, Dick Warlock. Know, <laughs> that's quite a name. Super cool guy. But anyway. Does he wear a mask? Uh, at the time that I met him, he was not wearing a mask. No. And it probably wasn't really Mike Myers then. Probably not. Probably not. Probably an imposter. All right. I don't know how many trick-or-treaters you guys get or how many we're going to expect tomorrow with the thunderstorm coming, but Chuck Sipropor, teenagers trick-or-treating, Chris Collette. I'm pouring that out. I I, I would pour out kids trick-or-treating. Oh! <laughs> Oh, uh, my God. this wow. is no fun over here. Um, oh. Yeah, I, trick or treater. I, I, I don't. Really I, there's is, nothing really like Dwight over here. I know. I mean, like, it's what's kids. the point in going around to people's houses, knocking on their door? Hey, can you give me a candy bar that's like the size of my pinky? Thank you. And then walk away. It's it's trick or treating's overrated. Teenagers doing it, it's just dumb. So wow. I'm pouring all of it out. Wow. CPS is coming to your house. Yeah. Hickman, set this boy straight. Okay. Should 16, 17-year-olds go uh, trick-or-treating? No. No, I'm pouring that out. Kids, sure. Let them have a good time. It's all about the kids. They get to, you know, do something fun. Uh, I'm I'm for that. But, okay, if you're if you're 13, like, um, you know, some of my friends when I was 13 looked like they were nine. So if they could get away with it, <laughs> sure. When I was 13, I was about the size I am now. So I couldn't get away with it, but uh, you know, sixteen or, or the hard, hard line at, at fifteen. Nobody fifteen and older pouring it out. If you look young and you're fourteen, thirteen, sure, go for it because you can still be a kid. That's my that's my take on it. Chris is heartless. That's also my take. That's a good take, both of them right there. I'm going to be a little bit more uh, kid friendly than Hickman though. If you're a teenager and you want to dress up and show up to my house. Candy is all yours. I, I mean, you could be 20 years old. I don't care. You dressed up. You need some candy. What about 33? You show up. The Bryant house is going to give you a <laughs> Snickers bar, okay? If you're that hard up for a, full, for a full Snickers. Size, full size Snickers bar? No, we don't do the full size. <laughs> yeah. But I'll give you, you some. I'll give you a roll of Smarties or something. Um, but well, speaking honestly, of Smarties, last, last night we took my kid to some, some like, thing they had in town i don't know what you call it businesses hand out candy so yeah. everything has this giant ass bucket of like candy just your nasty candy that you're like oh and uh my kid he goes in there and he grabs every single yellow starburst last night <laughs> known to man like who grabs yellow starburst <laughs> and if you didn't he grab yellow the worst flavor starburst he didn't grab yellow starburst he was grabbing the smarties and i'm like oh. and we have to teach this kid better next year to grab better candy Oh, my kids love some Smarties. Um, but if you're a teenager and you don't dress up and you still come to the house, I'm probably going to make some smart aleck remark to you, but I'm still giving you candy because here's the thing, guys. I'd much rather kid walk around the neighborhood asking for candy on Halloween, some teenager, than doing who knows what else they would do on Halloween night. Let kids be kids. Hand them some candy. Chug Sipper Poor, guys. The return of the Popeye's chicken sandwich. Popeye's throwing major shade at Chick-fil-A. 
throwing this thing out on a Sunday. Um, <laughs> I don't know if we have a rivalry here or not, but Hickman, the return of the Popeye's chicken sandwich. Good for Popeye's. I'll chug that. Now, I say that as someone who has never tried one. So, <laughs> oh, that's right. You were on a diet when we all went to go try yeah, it. Yeah, when we were there, y'all all just threw it down. And I was, uh, you know, I've since put, put a little weight back on, but uh, maybe I'll try one this time around. Um, hey, I'm all for options for chicken, so let's 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 do it. Chris, where are you at on Popeyes? Uh, I'm gonna pour that one out. They kind of missed the boat when they ran out for four months or however long it was. They uh they they lost out, so they're coming back and it's it's they missed it. I don't know what to say. So I think it's gonna be a big dud. Pour it out. No man, they go ahead, Logan. I've got a thought. Go ahead. No, I'm just I'm just gonna sip the return of the Popeyes. It's not terrible. It's definitely nowhere near as good as Chick-fil-A, but I do like options. Um, So bring back the Popeye's chicken sandwich. It may last for a year or two. I mean, I applaud them for being able to get, you know, the big, uh, all the big media hoopla when it, when it first came out. But guys, Popeye's is still owned by Hardee's. I'm not going to any one of those two places on a regular basis, regular being any time in the next 10 years. Um, so I'll sip on some Popeyes, good for them, but it ain't something I see myself getting into anytime soon. Here's what they've done, though. Okay, it's possible that the Popeye sandwich could become the chicken McRib. All right, it's only available at certain certain times. If they brand it right, then they could. You know, some people there was this group of idiots that followed around the McRib. You know, whenever it was available. Um, so. I think maybe that's what Popeye does. They they have their chicken version of the McRib, so that's that's my theory there. But does McDonald's actually make any money on the McRib? No, probably. Or could they not? It's it probably costs four cents to make. Yeah, it's not made of real <laughs> rib. I mean, I know, but I'm saying if they served it year round, do they make more just because they have a limited? I mean, it's still McDonald's. You're probably paying. So it's like the Nike shoe thing, it. right? I, I, probably, the limited time probably helps it out. You think so? It wasn't. I think it would very still. It was available all the time. And what did you say? I think it would go away as a menu item if they, um, you know, made it available all the time. It's going to get buried in the, you know, in the menu. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. But speaking of speaking of buried in the menu, how long are we until pumpkin spice everything becomes a year round flavor? Oh man, that's the there's. You know, things are going to be seasonal like that. I mean, you're not going to see watermelon flavored things in in winter either. So, I think it'll. I think those seasonal things have their purpose, and I think it's good marketing, if anything else. There's something to be said for the perceived exclusivity or limited availability of something. Says the used car salesman. (laughs) Wow. Listen. This Buick I got outside, there's not many of them, and it's not going to be here for long, so you better act now. <laughs> well, all right, last chug sipper pour. This comes from Johnny Daniels. I don't know if you guys saw the picture, but uh, was it game five? Six. The World Series? Game six of the World Series? This guy's oh, holding... Game five, sorry. Game five, yeah. you're right. Thank you. Uh, this guy's holding two Bud Lights in his hand. He is in the first row in the outfield. Home run comes, and the dude just chooses to take it right off the chest instead of putting down a beer or possibly spilling his beer. Uh, it was a it was a fr- fairly impressive feat. Chris, are you chug sipping or pouring, taking the homer off the chest? Um, 
I'm going to sip it, but only sipping it because he didn't spill his beer. I mean, those beers are probably costing $12, $15. Um, if, if it was me personally, I'm doing the good old Olay in which I hold the beers and I watch the ball hit my seat and avoid it. Um, why, why take it off the chest? I mean, he must have been four or six beers deep at that point to take one off the chest. So uh, Yeah, those, those definitely weren't his first two, I'm sure. I, I'm going to sip it. Uh, I, I would just say screw the ball. I'm just going to save my beer and let it hit the seat or something or, or hit the person behind me. I, I Yeah, I'm just getting out of the way. Hickman, what do you do? Uh, I'm I'm pouring this out. I mean, first of all, like I I didn't actually I, I heard about it, but I didn't, didn't see it. It was a it was a home run ball. Yep. Yeah, yeah, home run. So how, left field. So how long did he have to look at it and see it was coming at him? Oh, a long time. A three, Plenty three, of time, four, five right? seconds. Yeah. And not only yeah. did it come like when we say it came right at him, literally nobody else reached to grab it like to try to catch it because it came right to this guy. Like, it was clearly his ball. Beer to somebody. And, you know, if you can, if you can hold your beer with one hand and catch it, all right. I that's all day long chugging that. That's good for you. I mean, it was almost um, like he was boxing out. He had his beers out, <laughs> just like. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm pouring it out because all right, not to get too serious here, but if a baseball hits you like right in the sternum in the worst spot, you you I mean you could really be in bad shape, right? Or the gonads. There too, yes, yes, good, <laughs> excellent point there. <laughs> I, guys, I think you guys are missing the point here. I don't care if the guy spent twenty dollars on each one of these beers. You drop the beer, you catch the home run ball. I don't know how many times this guy is going to be oh, at the oh, oh, at a World time Series out, game. Time out, time out, time out. Just because he dropped the beers doesn't mean you're actually going to catch the ball. It's, it's hard to catch a home run ball. Chris. I'm saying it's hard. You drop the beer and you put your hands up. You have two of them and you catch the white thing that's coming straight at you right into your chest. That thing's coming faster than you think. That's what she said. Um <laughs> No, you got to drop the beer to take the uh, to catch the ball. The whole world is watching. It's worth the whatever whatever you got to pay to drop the beers, and everybody around you is going to buy you new ones anyway. All right, let's move on to our last segment here, um, the picking and grinning segment. We're going to do a little sports betting. So we decided to switch things up mainly because Chris thinks that we are terrible at something that Hickman and I know we are pretty good. Oh, I don't think we're terrible. We, <laughs> how, we good are. We, how good were we last week, Chris? Because we had a lock of the year last year. Yeah. Last week. Nail that. You did nail that just because the, the spread hadn't jumped up to eight yet. But yeah. We're smarter yeah, we, than Vegas. What can I we say? We picked it where it needed to be. Um, my picks were so good last week. They got Oklahoma beaten by Kansas State. And also... Um, had the Panthers like the put up the uh, Niners put up half a hundred on the Panthers. So if I'm betting on a team, I'm sorry. Well, we're gonna switch it up this uh, this week. We're gonna we're gonna hand pick a couple of uh, four or five sporting events. We're gonna talk about them a little bit, and then we're all three gonna make a judgment call on who's gonna win, which way you need to bet. Um, maybe these will be games you guys are more interested in than some random Maryland game I'm going to try to pick or the Turd Ferguson game that Hickman likes Rutgers to try to pick. Game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So this week we got Florida and Georgia playing. Georgia is a six and a half point favorite with an over under down at 44 and a half. 
Pigman, how does this game go? Do you do you see Florida finding a way to win this? I, I think Florida definitely covers. I don't know. Just they've found a way to be in every game, uh, even when they play terribly. I, it just it's what ha- what's happening. So I have no reason to see they think they won't in this one. Georgia's not looked great. Um, so uh, I, I think the under is a really good bet on this one as well. So I'm going to take Florida covering. They may win outright, but uh, Florida minus six and a half and the under. Plus six and a half. Sorry, Florida plus six and a half in the under. Yeah, yeah. Chris, where are you at with Florida and Georgia? I'm basically the same place Hickman is. Um, although I, I don't feel I don't feel good about the uh, under of that one. Uh, I think it's going to be a close game. Um, I think are we sure Kirby Smart's a good coach? He just didn't inherit a really good team and a very awful division. Um. Like, I think Dan Mullen's a better coach. Six and a half points is a lot for, I mean, Georgia, like, Georgia didn't look good at all against Tennessee. Georgia lost to South Carolina. And I know the rain may have affected it somewhat. Georgia didn't look good at all against Kentucky. I watched, I watched about three quarters of that. And Georgia looked awful. And it could be the rain. I don't know. But Georgia's not like good for a month now. Why couldn't it be Kentucky, Chris? Um, well, I think we all know why, but that's, that's a different story. <laughs> I mean, they were literally, uh, Kentucky had their wide receiver back there, like just running a wildcat offense and every play Georgia really struggled to stop it. It was more of just bend and not break. I mean, Kentucky was gaining yards until they got to about the 40 yard line and it just stalled out. I don't know if the Bow- Bowden kid was just gassed at that point. It's a good possibility. Um, yeah, I like Florida plus six and a half. Uh, I think this could actually be a sneaky high-scoring game. I don't think either defense is necessarily uh, great. I think they've both shown to have some holes. And it, if this game went to overtime, it wouldn't be a total shocker, which would absolutely blow out the water on the over. So plus six and a half is my best one. I think I take the over. I do think Georgia's defense is really good, um, but I'm probably taking the over on this. I think it's kind of a coin to a coin flip. So if you're basically giving me a touchdown, I'm going to take Florida as well. Um, I probably think Georgia is a little better than both you guys do. Um, but I still think, I still think Florida, Florida is going to cover. They may win outright on this one. And another battle of the behemoths out there this week, we got the number 15 ranked eight. No SMU Mustangs going against the number 24 ranked Memphis Tigers. Memphis is the favorite in this game over the 8-0 Mustangs. Memphis favored by six with an over-under of 72. Chris, how you see this game playing out? Okay, uh, first off, I'm not touching that over-under. That is a, <laughs> that is a shit ton of points. Um, and it's one of those games that you don't feel good like saying definite under because you're like, man, this could be a game which nobody stops other team. Um and also, as far as the spread goes, Memphis minus six. I, I take Memphis minus six all day. I think there's a thing called a schedule loss, and this qualifies as a schedule loss for SMU. College game day is making an appearance at Memphis for the first time ever. Those those fans are going to be hyped. The players are going to be hyped, and I think Memphis is going to come out and just steamroll SMU. So Memphis minus six I like. The over-under scares me. I, I'm staying away on that one. 
Yeah, both teams are averaging about 40 points a game. They give up about 25, 27 a game. Uh, I do think the over-under is probably well put, but I, I'd stay away. Higman, who you got, the Tigers or the Mustangs? Uh, I'm going to stick with the Tigers as well, um, but I'm going to go for it. I'm going to go for this is this is an over. It's going to be one of these crazy, there's, you know, teams are finding ways to score left and right. It's going to be, you know, 41 to, I don't know, 37, something like that. It's one of those crazy non-power five games. It'll probably be a lot of fun to watch, and it's I, I love the college game days there. So, But I, I do like Memphis to win. So I'm all about college game day being there. I think that matters basically diddly squat to these teams. Um, game day being there at 10 o'clock in the morning for a 7.30 kick. Both teams are going to be sitting in their hotels all day waiting it out. Those fans ain't going to be sitting in the hotel waiting well, it out. <laughs> that's another story. The fans are going to be all about some game day. Um, I'm probably going to take the Mustangs in this, but – to be fair, I've not seen either one of these teams play it down this year. Probably not going to see them play it down this weekend. So let's move our way over to the NFL. We have two games this week against teams that are both over 500. First one, the Patriots and the Ravens. Uh, should be a good game, according to Vegas. Patriots are only a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Hickman, any chance the Patriots get upset here? Yeah, there's a chance. This is the first time that... Um the Patriots have had have played a game they really could lose uh, this year. Um, they always struggle with um, – like John Harbaugh plays the Patriots tough. They are, seem to never be afraid. Lamar Jackson is a wild card. Um, so some crazy things could happen. I do I do still like – three and a half is like the perfect line for this game. Um, so it's really, it's really tough to pick a side. I'm still going to stay with New England. Um covering i think it's a really close game i think it comes down to a you know a mistake at the end by baltimore um that uh, the patriots defense forces um but i think it's going to be a really good game and I'll, I'll still take new england but it's going to be a close one chris is this going to be a close game absolutely um and if it's not a close game it's not going to be because the patriots are winning um <laughs> night night game in baltimore um uh, the patriots offense is not good. Um, yeah. Sonny Michelle is garbage. I think everybody knows that, but he scores a lot of touchdowns. Um, Tom Brady has looked 42 or 43, however old he is. Um, the Patriots offense is, is it's really not good. They just played God awful teams. Uh, the defense is legit. I think Lamar Jackson may have some issues there. Um, but at the same time, I just think night game in Baltimore I, I really think Baltimore is going to win outright, um, but you're giving me three and a half points. Give me Baltimore with three and a half. Ooh. As far as over under on that, 45, I think I'm going to take the over because Baltimore, in order for them to win, they're going to have to score points. So, yeah. I'm taking the Patriots in this one. I do think that defense is legit. Um, I don't think the Baltimore defense is, is worth much. So I don't think the Patriots offense is is very good. I mean, they're putting up less than 400 yards a game. They're just getting bailed out by that defense that's scoring almost as much as their offense is. They're scoring more than other teams scoring against them. <laughs> um, but I do think the defense is legit. Um, you know, Lamar is a wild card, sure, but um, I'm going to trust. If that defense holds Lamar to, you know, less than 15 points, 
I think we can probably just go ahead and put a bow on the rest of the season. Second game we got, we got Vikings and Chiefs. May or may not see uh, Patrick Mahomes playing for the Chiefs. But right now, Vegas has the Vikings as a two-and-a-half-point favorite in Kansas City. Chris, how you see this one playing out? Um, this is a tough one. I I don't think Mahomes plays, and because of that, I'm going to take the Vikings minus two-and-a-half. Um, it is kind of crazy that Mahomes hasn't been rolled out and that you're getting two-and-a-half points for a team that might have the best quarterback in football right now. Um, at home. So I'm going to take Minnesota because I don't think Mahomes is going to play. I think they're going to play extra cautious with him because that division they're in, I mean, they get the Chargers, Dumpster Fire, Raiders, Dumpster Fire. Whose other team? They're even worse. Denver. Denver, yeah, exactly. Even worse. So they really don't have to win. I don't think Mahomes is going to play. And because of that, the Vikings are kind of, they're playing really well right now. Um, so Vikings minus two and a half, I kind of like it. Yeah, I, with or without Mahomes, I like the Vikings in this one. Um, I think the Chiefs are just going to, whether he plays, I don't think it's enough to to rejuvenate that offense. So I'm oh, taking me, the Vikings. Let me add one thing. Uh, actually, Hickman, go ahead and go. No, that makes really what you're going to say. Terrible idea to play home, Mahomes in this game. Don't play him. Uh, I still like Minnesota. Um, I, I kind of like the under in this one, too. Uh, but... Uh, I, I'm going to take Minnesota and the under. Uh, the one thing I was going to add was we've kind of seen a blueprint in order to beat Kansas City. You you kind of have to pound them because that defense is very vulnerable up front, and that's where Minnesota can absolutely dominate the game. Okay. Uh, Kirk Cousins can game manage. That's about all he can do. But Dalvin Cook, he could have a monster game. So if you're in a fantasy league with me, you want Dalvin Cook this week. Make me an offer. I might trade him. <laughs> but you loved him. You were trading Dalvin Cook. Well, he'll trade him to you, but he wants your your two best players in return. Exactly. Oh. I mean, you you got a trade offer out there. Oh, I do. <laughs> For what? I Hopkins do. and Hooper. have you turned into? Have you turned into Cole over here? Uh, yeah, no, Hopkins listen. is one of the players. I'm guessing you probably made the offer this morning or something. I did make it this morning. Yeah, Hopkins and Eckler. For Cook. For Cook. Well, this isn't quite the Sammy Watkins mistake I made. <laughs> All right, guys. Our last chug zipper pour for the week. We got a Breeders' Cup matchup. For those of you who don't know, that is a horse racing event that's taking place at Santa Anita, California, where 40-plus horses have died this year. Um, not good. Not pretty. Uh, unfortunately, my favorite racetrack, Keeneland, there in Lexington, Kentucky, uh, at the fall meet, had five or six horses die uh, a couple weeks ago. I think they've had nine or ten die this year at that track. So, do you think it's because horses are like faster than ever, and their bodies aren't made to be this fast, or what is it? You think? No, I do not. Uh, like the ones in Keeneland, most of the horses, it was only their second or third race ever. A three-year-old horse racing two or three times, there's something going on there. It's not that they're mm-hmm. that much faster than Secretariat or, or whatever. It's Something so you with have the training that shouldn't be out there. So I think there's either something with the training um, or some sort of supplements or something that these horses are getting that's gotcha. not going well. Uh, but I do think it's going to be a pretty, it's a pretty big, pretty big issue within the sport. Uh, but the Breeders' Cup is up. I'm going to give you guys a rundown of the 11 horses that are in. You tell me who you're picking. Math Wizard at 30 to one. 
Seeking the Soul, 20 to 1. Owendale, 15 to 1. War of Will, 20 to 1. Yoshida, 8 to 1. Elate, 6 to 1. Higher Power at 6 to 1. McKenzie at 3 to 1, the favorite. Mongolian Groom, 12 to 1. Bino Rosso, 4 to 1. Code of Honor, 4 to 1. And a horse dying at 2 to 1. Chris, <laughs> you snuck that last one in there on us. Oh, man. <laughs> that, might be, that might be pretty good odds there. <laughs> yeah. Hickman, pick your horse for this, uh, this week at the Breeders' Cup. $6 million dollar purse. Just because while I was uh, reading over the outline, I saw it and I thought the horse's name was Meth Wizard. <laughs> this racing in Kentucky. T- Come on, so man. I thought, I thought it was really fitting. So I'm going to take old Math Meth Wizard at 30 to 1. Chris, who I'll you bet, got? I bet big. Well, I started this show off with some music, so I'm going to end with some music. <laughs> I'm going with higher power, six to one or whatever, eight to one. I don't know what the odds are. Uh, six, six to one, higher to power, one. yeah, guaranteed winner. Well, I'm a, I'm going with probably the only horse I've ever heard of before in this race. War of Will at twenty to one. Um, you know, this is the same. The reason the Breeders' Cup is such a big deal is the same distance as the Kentucky Derby. These are three plus year old horses. So all these horses that could have run in the Derby did. This is kind of their um, their farewell farewell tour here. Uh, but I'm going War of Will at twenty to one seems really good. Um, Vino Rosso is probably who I'd pick to actually win the thing at four to one. But I don't think McKenzie has the favorites going going the distance on this one. But we'll see next week if you guys need to start following us when it comes to horse racing picks. Good news is the <laughs> next not. next chance we have to pick a horse race will probably be the Derby. Uh, it's not exactly a sport we watch too much, but um, as always, hit us up on the Facebook group. Uh, Chris has been doing some new things on there uh, on the on the Facebook page, Sports Nuts and Beer Guts, and then we've also got a link on there to the uh, to the Twitter. We'll get some tweets out. I believe Hickman and I are trying to do a, a CC's a live live feed, live lunch at, at CC's. So we can tell everybody how good or terrible that is. Yep. So next week we'll take over the, the Twitter feed for a little bit. Um, but any other ideas, any other suggestions, um, hit us up. Look out for our pictures tomorrow. We'll put a little poll up there. You can give us a give us a rating. Um, if you like Dwight the original Bob Barker or, or Lloyd over here. <laughs> it's been fun. It's been real. Happy Halloween, everybody. We'll see you next week for episode 15. <laughs>